Welcome to another episode of the Dads on the Fly podcast, a podcast all about inspiring and encouraging dads and anglers as we wade through fishing, parenting, and faith on the fly. And hello, everyone. Welcome to Dads on the Fly podcast, episode 43. I am Joshua Simmons, and I'm here with my brother, Caleb. Caleb, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm great, man. Uh, doing well. It's a late Sunday night, and this episode is dropping tomorrow, so we're uh, getting it done, and I'm right. a little tired, but right. it's right been on, a great weekend. Right on schedule. As always. Yeah, we're going to talk about some cool stuff tonight. Maybe um, not as... We do, we do not have a guest tonight, so it'll just be me and Caleb. Hope you guys will hang out with us for this episode. But before we dive into the content of the episode, I want to give a big shout out to our friends at Pigeon River Outfitters right here in Canton, North Carolina. Caleb, I've been riding by town, seeing the tubes out afloat in my man, and they are doing some good stuff. They got all kinds of cool vessels out there. Vessels, I don't know if that's the best word I should say, but yeah, it's, it's a floating vessel. You can you can rent all kinds of options for everybody, and so tell them where you can find information about those guys. Yeah, so make sure to check out Pigeon River Outfitters. That's PigeonRiverOutfittersNC.com. Uh, check them out. Go float our beautiful Pigeon River right here in canton uh these guys do a great job and it is a fun day on the water to get your kids out there and enjoy that float so make sure to go check them out and we appreciate them being a sponsor for this podcast yes we appreciate their support for the podcast and if you would like to help support the podcast just reach out to us and uh we can always use uh the sport and if your father's day is right around the corner don't know if, if you'd have to pretty much order today man as this episode drops for us to get you a dad's on the fly shirt shipping is sometimes a little slow these days so if you are local and we get it to you faster but otherwise you have to get it Pretty much DM us first thing when this episode drops tomorrow. We try to get you one of those out. Dad's on the fly uh, shirt or sticker before Father's Day comes around. Father's Day next Sunday, man. Father's Day next Sunday. So excited about that. And while we were talking about our beautiful Pigeon River, I feel like before we dive into the main content of our episode, we should recap a little little recent little, little recent float trip, man, that we were able to actually got out on the water by myself and the rat, you know, with just the kids yeah. and a friend. And then we had a nice float the other day where we caught um, some different species of fish, had some cool times. Uh, the cool thing about that trip was we, we, we saw a hellbender. That was a really cool thing. That was a, That's something new. So uh, this past Friday, Joshua and I and another friend of ours, uh, we got our river rat out in the water, and we really had a blast uh, checking out some of our local water and it was exciting to see, uh, yeah, Hellbender. I'd never seen one before. It's about 16 inches long. If you're not familiar with the <laughs> okay, yeah. North Carolina Hellbender, you want to tell them a little bit about that? You probably... Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I can. It's just a, it's a giant salamander. Um, it is about 16 to 24 inches long as an adult. Um, and it's a pretty spectacular sight to see one. Uh, they look like something from like... It's called the Eastern Hellbender, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's... it's uh, looks like something out of a you know dinosaur book uh, they're pretty wild looking um, but the thing that's super cool about them is that if you see one it's supposed to be a sign that the river that you are in is actually very clean because there used to be a lot of them around but they have gotten depleted in our area and uh, have become very rare and that is mainly due to the fact that our rivers have gotten a lot dirtier and a lot nastier and so uh because what a hellbender does actually is a hellbender actually absorbs oxygen it, it breathes through its skin 
And so it's extremely important for it to survive to be around healthy water. So the fact that you see one actually means that the water you're in is extremely healthy. It's one of the so largest salamanders neat. found in North Carolina. Yeah, it's, it's pretty only cool. two that are that are. Uh, I couldn't even try to pronounce them, but yeah, I wouldn't. Try. They, they are they are longer, so it's it's cool. I've I've seen one before, but not like that, and it was it was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was wild too. We just floated right over it. And yeah, I was like, holy cow! And we turned we, we kind of like back paddle yeah, to check back it out. Paddle up. It was pretty neat. Um, so just says a lot about how clean our water is right here in our neck of the woods, which is awesome for us. Uh, also caught some pretty good fish on that trip. One fish that really shocked me was, I uh, caught a fish on a crayfish pattern. You yeah. Is that what we call that? Yeah, a crayfish pattern was, yeah. that we had been wanting to kind of experiment with a little bit. We were bouncing that guy along the bottom and well, uh, it was, it was kind of cool for me. I was, I it, was rowing it was, the boat. It was kind of a, a wild moment, this fish, because yeah, I felt like if I had been guiding on this trip, you like, got a really, big, a really tip. big tip for this. For because, sure. Because uh, we come to this pretty deep hole. And, and Caleb's like, hey. You were that, switching flies. And I was like, hey, throw that, throw that crayfish, put that crayfish and, and bounce it around it. and let's see Dude, what happens. it was the first cast. Bam, bam. And I mean, what? A good 18-inch Yes, rainbow. good 18-inch rainbow. And he come flying out of the water. Oh, yeah. He was uh, awesome. Just he shocked me. I mean, it's like I thought, you know, bounce out of the water, just like a whale bouncing yeah. out of there that was just going to try to, which was really cool. But yeah, it was free wheelie style. It's one of those cool fish you remember because you were literally like, hey, put that fly on and first cast, bam. Yeah, it was and awesome. we thought that we might get some more action on it, and we did, but yeah, we didn't get another fish like that. Yeah. So uh, that was a fun day. The weather was perfect. Just to speak about the weather a little bit in our neck of the woods, it is going to be extremely hot this week. If you're out fishing, guys, just remember. Um, try to check your water temps. We probably will not fish trout this week at all. It's going to just be too hot. And uh, unless you're going up high and finding cold water, fish in the mornings, fish in the evenings, avoid those hot time of the day for the fish to take care of them uh, or find your local pond or warm water fishery and, and have at it. But uh, protect those trout the best we can. Uh, we love catching them over and over again. So we want to take the best care we can. But tonight, that was our kind of recap. Uh, anything else you want to say about the recap of the fishing adventures the last week or two? No, nah, man, it's just been a lot of fun here lately. We've been uh, it's summertime, so days are longer. We're getting a lot more time on the water. I feel like, which is always good. True, and uh, so it's exciting. It's a good time around. Did here. we? I don't remember if we did this on our our podcast because we had a couple guests on. Did you give a a little recap of the anniversary fishing? excursion there that you, you had I a, did not yeah, yeah you had a couple to, we've, we've been a while since, just since we've actually got shut down so you know you, you and your wife went on a little anniversary trip celebrate yeah. 10 years and on that trip you got to do a little fishing caught a great nice brown you showed me a picture of yeah uh and i think you got your wife in some some more challenging water for this yeah, time so that this you took her on right different yeah sally got to go with us as our 10-year anniversary we went down to blue ridge georgia and did some fly fishing down there in some wild water down near Blue Ridge, and uh, that was a lot different. She'd fish some stocked fish. Uh, Sally got to go with rivers. you. You said yes. Sally got to go with us. I did not go on Sorry. the anniversary trip, yes. folks, just Sally in case you were wondering. We're pretty close, that. but we're not that we close. We would definitely not do that, <laughs> and uh, I would I would not take you with me on that trip. No, so anyway, so you got to get we some got fishing to done. get some fishing done in some wild streams down there. It was a lot different for her because she'd fished some stocked streams with me before, which for sure. is a little easier, and you're kind of – banging fish in the head over and over in the same hole in this trip we were yeah. moving around a lot which you know i got to get her some good waders and some good boots for her she was wearing some of my uh 
my boots and we had like filled them. Mm, yeah. <laughs> got this stuff them up. So it was a little difficult for her. But uh, she still had a great time and we got to see some beautiful area and we got to have a lot of fun. And I love you, man, but but she is definitely my favorite fishing partner. There so, you go. Uh, That's awesome. It was a good time. Should be. Yep. Uh, summer is here. I'm out of school and, you know, been able to take my kids a couple times already on the water, just trying to get out more. And so I would like to say to all of you who are in the summer months, maybe you get some weekends off, maybe you get long weekends, get outside in Western North Carolina the best you can, or get outside where you are. Listen to us. Find a place to get outside. There's a lot of places that just have great opportunities to be outdoors with your, with your children. You know, I got to take Foster and Corbin on that short float last week on a Wednesday, and uh, we actually did, we, we hit some fish and brought some fish to the, to the net, didn't get them in the net, and but just seeing them being out there was fun and they get to hang out and they find adventures in different ways and that's always cool. So just want to encourage everybody, get outside. If you're coming to Western North Carolina, shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, uh, email us. We can tell you where to go hang out and tell you some water to get in with your kids or tell you some just cool experiences. Um, had a couple people reach out that they were trying to start learning to float some waters in this area and that was a cool conversation I had this week. So just want to tell everybody before we dive into tonight's content, now it's time to be outside, longer evenings. Um, just, you know, just get after it, man. Just get be after intentional it. with yeah. your kids. We've talked about it a lot on this podcast before. So uh, so let's dive into what we're going to talk about tonight. So we did get to have a great time on the water this week uh, doing a few things. But I know one of the things that I have been, I wouldn't say struggling with lately, but trying to make sure that I do correctly when we fly fish, especially that we're learning some new water, that we are chasing some different species, is I feel like this is the question that fly fishermen ask all the time. Which fly do I use? And I'm not really sure how I'm going to tackle this question, being that we are not experts in this field. So we're going to tackle it in the way we do it. The way we do it. Yeah, and so so let's just kind of love to hear your feedback so what was the first what works for you so how do you choose the right fly i think it i think it depends sometimes on like tactics it depends on what you're fishing where you're fishing where okay that's my first thing is where i'm fishing that a little bit so if i am fishing a blue line or a stream in the park Mm -hmm. Then I am always going to, unless it's winter time. So from March to November, I am going to dry dropper fish. Yeah. And my dry fly will be based on time of year. But my very first criteria is that that fly is something I can see and something that I can feel comfortable with a dropper that's not going to sink that fly. Yeah. Okay. Now, this could be then by color. Then I'm going to go by color based on time of the year. Okay. So go a little bit deeper into that. What do you mean? Well, right now I'm going to put on something yellow or orange. Okay. <laughs> and that's just where I'm going to start. Because and, of the time of year. Because that's what's that's what's kind of hatching. That's what's... Yeah. And, you, know, you got yellow sallies. You got all kind of stuff coming off right now. And the fish in the park, like in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park, they are opportunistic feeders. They are not maybe... Those of you who listen to us that are fish out west or have to match hatch, 
I don't feel like we have to do that as much in the park. They're just opportunistic. And a lot of our blue line fish, like those those wild fish, are, they're going to see the color they want and they're going to hit it if, if it's presented the right way. So that's kind of where I start that. I don't know. Okay. No, I think, yeah, I think that's good. In the fall and the early spring, I don't know, you can probably speak more to the actual bugs that are hatching, Mr. What's that word? That uh, uh, yeah, yeah, that word. The bug word. So yeah, um, but either no matter what, I, I I could. I mean, we could go down like choosing like mayfly patterns. Uh, I mean, I have sometimes gone into streams and lifted up a rock to kind of see what kind of bugs, you know, subsurface bugs are. Hanging oh, I think the that is a rocks. great idea for people who know what they're looking at. Yeah, and people, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that will actually, you know, catch a fish and then um, extract it. It's like stomach contents they use like a syringe you pull it out and put it into a little sane net and figure out what exactly it is that fish are eating and that's impressive something close to that yeah i mean it's a really cool thing to be able to do and you you learn a lot about fish and what they eat when you do that for me it kind of boils down to to three things when it comes to choosing the right fly um first if i do see fish rising like if i see fish coming up and uh eating flies in the water if I can see what those flies look like, like if we're in the boat and we see it happening and they're flying around us, if I can catch one and grab it, I mean, even if we're standing in the river, if I can catch one and grab it, yep. then I try to match its size and its color. Size and color, man. I'm think, all over it. I think, you know, color's important, but size is also really important. You throw something really big on there that those fish aren't used to seeing, they're, they're not going to eat it. You throw something super tiny and they're eating something a lot bigger. Usually you can err on the side of smaller rather than larger. Um, because like you said, those fish are very opportunistic feeders. So I always match size and color if, um, if I see them feeding, if they're not feeding, like if I don't see anything, then I'll probably throw some kind of a tractor pattern on like some type of stimulator. Um, I'll kind of try to match the color based on the, uh, based on the season that we're in. Um, so some type of a tractor pattern. And then lastly though, and you mentioned it just a minute ago, I always want to choose a fly that I have confidence in. I agree. Like a fly that I know I'm used to fishing this, especially if I'm in some kind of slump. I'm used to fishing this. I am good at fishing this fly. I know how it floats on the water. I know what it's supposed to look like. And I want to make sure it's something I can see. I want to make sure, especially if I'm dry fly fishing, I can see it in the water. I mean, what's the point of throwing it out there if you can't tell what it's going to do? So that's why I tie a lot of, uh, like, have is type flies especially for around here when you fish early mornings late evenings you want to make sure you've got confidence in that fly yeah there is a uh great trout hatch chart uh nc wildlife and trout unlimited actually have it on the website we might can put this in the show notes but if you really want to get real technical um there's like insects on the left and it's order and then emergence for based on time of year and then the pattern that would oh, would match that the north carolina hatch chart yes. yeah the north carolina hatch chart is is really cool for our area um and you know pretty much as i'm looking at this hatch chart i kind of do this so i feel like i maybe know a little bit what i'm doing i just don't know what i'm always imitating i just know yeah. it works yeah <laughs> does that make sense like yeah, for sure and there are and when you go down this fly fishing rabbit hole there are people who just you know they know like this is what i should be fishing because it's a mayfly or a caddisfly or and i kind of have a somewhat idea but i know in june i can throw yellow sallies and stimulators and i know in august and late july i can start throwing um terrestrials and sometimes in june i can too if it gets hot yeah 
And man, those terrestrials are fun. Those black ants, uh, inchworms always in the park. And I can fish those up until, you know, I pretty much do what this chart says about October, November. Then I go back into the, the black and the dark gray, which is the mayflies and the stoneflies. And, uh, and that kind of is the same thing in January and March, really. So that's what I do on wild streams, but we haven't really talked about like when I just take my kids out here on the hatchery supported water, right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, cause I think that's a different approach to a different Absolutely, fish. Yeah. Cause those fish have, they're just going to behave differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lately we've spent a lot of time just streamer fishing and we've had really good success with uh, olive streamers right here in our hatchery water. But we had some good on white and, you know, what do you always say about cloud cover or sun or yeah, what you do with your kind, streamers? My kind of rule of thumb for streamer, and this is not original to me at all, uh, bright sunny days, bright flies. So if you're streamer fishing, if it's a pretty day out, not a lot of cloud cover, we're throwing white, we're throwing chartreuse, we're throwing something with some shine, gold, silver, whatever it is to, to give us some shine to, to really reflect that sunlight in a lot of ways is why you do that uh, to attract those fish. Dark oh. days uh, and also like dark water. Um, you know, if the water's a little muddier, we're throwing dark flies. We're throwing black. We're throwing brown. We're throwing things with a, a lot darker color. I, I can, we could probably sit here and try to figure out the science behind all that. I'm, I wouldn't try to do that right now. But for some reason that seems to work best and it's something that um i've learned and then also and then now we've started throwing some crayfish out there you know yeah it's more of like what we can have fun with really yeah because in in all actuality there's a lot of times we can know like okay i can just throw this olive wood bug and it's probably going to work but you know let's try this pattern today and see what happens or let's see if we can throw this different streamer that we just tied or you just tied or and dude in hatchery supported water i mean Usually you're going to get stocked fish will eat a lot of stuff. They eat a lot of stuff. You're right. <laughs> so you're, um, yeah, yeah. so yeah, it's we're, more we're just looking. like having fun with the different flies yeah. you've tied mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. things like that. Uh, the DH water and, you know, we do match a little bit on that one. We do try to kind of do more like what we do with the wild water, but, but we don't fish a lot of dries in the DH water unless certain times of the evening or early yeah. in the morning. Um, when those hatches and, do come off. we are literally seeing fish rise. Yeah, we usually keep one rod on the boat with a dry fly on it. Mm-hmm. And if we see a fish a rise, we just kind of, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. set up different. Yeah. And uh, and that's a kind of way to look at it, too, is your different setups when you're fishing those different kinds of flies. So I don't know how well that was to what we do, but. It, well, I think it, that, that gives some insight into maybe of our fly selection. I think some guys. And and maybe and I could be totally wrong on this. And we'd love to hear from you. If you're listening to this right now, let us know. What is your process? How do you choose the right fly? Because I think for me, sometimes you can go way too in-depth with that and get caught up in the um, – just really caught in the weeds of it all. And Well, a lot of guys just have confidence flies, like you said. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm going to fish fish, flies that I know catch fish. We're going to fish this Thunderhead. We're going to fish this Parachute Adams. We're going to fish this uh, Royal Wolf. And underneath it, I'm going to drop either uh, a Hare's Ear or a Teleco Nymph or... Rainbow Warrior, man. Yeah, a Rainbow Warrior. And that's that's what we're going to do. Yeah. And, you know, fish don't hit that day. Well, it wasn't my day to catch fish. And some people do that, and that's great. And, you know, to be honest, there's probably only about... I don't know, 
12 to 15. It's just when those terrestrials start coming, I change it up a little bit and really love those terrestrial, uh, that terrestrial bite. But yeah, man, you can't go wrong just with those attractor patterns to kind of figure out what's going on. What's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if you can't see it. Like if you can't see what's happening. Yeah. I mean, there, that, There's never been a day though where I was just like, we have to only fish this fly. There have been some days though where you just put one fly on, it works all day and just keep fishing. Absolutely. But if it doesn't, don't be scared to change. And a lot of those just have to do with other conditions, not necessarily fly choice. Absolutely. Where we are, just to be honest with you. I could so. agree more. Well, hey, uh, we're going to take a short break. We've talked a little bit about some of our favorite flies and choosing the right fly. And so we're going to come back and we're going to dive into a little bit more about tying those flies and a little fly tying segment. So we will be right back. This episode of the Dads and Fly podcast is brought to you by Anadromous Fly Company. Anadromous Fly Company, your sharpest decision in fly tying tools and scissors. Joshua, tell everyone a little bit more about Anadromous Fly. Uh, you can check them out at A Fly Co. A F L Y C O dot com. And if you find something you like, which you're going to love their scissors, just start with a pair of scissors. Use code DADS20 to get 20% off your order, which is a great deal. Our man Herb is just doing a great job up there putting out those scissors. And they the only scissors I use, and I'm not a great fly tire yet, but they make it awesome. He also has some other great tools on there you can find out. Can't say enough about him and his company for reaching out to us. And we love using his tools, and we can't wait to continue our partnership with him as we move forward. So check him out, aflyco.com. Yeah, Nadromus Fly Company, your sharpest decision in fly tying tools. They've changed my game when it comes to tying flies, and they will change yours as well. So make sure to check them out. They've got an awesome new website, awesome new way to order. So check them out, aflyco.com. And we're back with episode 43 of the Dads on the Fly podcast. I am Caleb alongside my brother Joshua. And Joshua, let's have a little fly tying segment, a little Joshua's adventures behind the vice. Let's catch everybody up with what's going on. Let's, let's start this with- segment brought to you by Anadromous Fly Company, your sharp precision in fly tying tools. Tell them about it, Joshua. Let's start with frustrations, man. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's All go right, there. All right, let's just go let's there go. first. <laughs> All right. So it's been a few weeks but I was tying up these, uh, I think I was tying some patch rubber legs, right? I got my legs on good, weaving in my chenille in and out, right? Getting to the front of my fly. And somehow I was I was finishing these flies wrong, man. And my chenille was coming off after I, it's like after I wrapped my chenille, I wasn't pulling it the right way. I had to watch a video to get that sucker to where I'd tie it on there. They were coming apart, and I was about to lose my mind. Um, so that was my most recent frustration. Haven't tied any more uh, elk hair caddises. i got to do that uh, coming up maybe for sure next week, but uh, maybe a little bit this week. Um, I did, so that was my frustration, just getting that, finishing those flies. I don't know. I feel like there's a different – I'm trying to figure out, should I always wrap – so if this is the hook, right? I know you guys can't see this, but – if the hook's this way, do you wrap over or do you wrap this way? I, I usually wrap over, but it's, like this way? it's kinda yeah, it's kinda your But it doesn't really matter? Does not matter. So then why but the thread is going this way, right? 
Yeah, but it doesn't matter if you capture it on there correctly. You gotta, so. gotta pull that thing out to the side at the end. Yeah. That's the kicker. If you let it hang this way and try to cap it, it doesn't do it well. That's correct. Yeah, yeah that was what I found out. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, the adventures continue. Uh, Are you still enjoying it, though? Oh, dude, I went and bought these like cheap craft Walmart tackle boxes. Nice. They're not tackle boxes, but they're like... They, they look kind of like kids' craft boxes. Dude, they're great, man. They look like I got one for my tools box. and one for all my tying supplies. Yeah. And that I, has been... I am proud of you for getting organized. That has been solid. Well, impressive. it was kind of like getting to be just... I couldn't find what I needed at the right time, so yeah. I, now I can just open those up, throw them out. Uh, started tying at my table where the TV is yep. in the in the den yep. so that me and my wife can like watch TV. Well... Why you tie flies? Yeah, and I can kind of tie flies. <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of cool. Um, I did have a guy tell me that my my green inchworms, my greeny weenies, were were okay, and he's a very experienced uh, park angler, so he's willing to fish them. So that that made me feel. I mean, I know it's like a not hard at all to tie, yeah. but he was he was satisfied with them, so I, that made me feel pretty good. There you go. I can knock that one out. Uh, look forward to doing some tying together soon, and uh, we got to do another. Those online nights are so fun when we do those, when we get a couple, just maybe an hour. It's pretty fun to do those. And, yeah, and I'm still some working on a local place here to get us in to do it to a tying night. So maybe we can learn from some of you other great tires out there. I have, I did find some books. My, my mother-in-law has, has bought me um, a book or two about fly tying. Okay. So those yeah. are cool. I'm kind of, Kind like of creating it. a little library there. Dude, you found a book the other day, cleaning out your yeah. Classroom. I found the book. About. It's got like it's like those index cards we talked about it's with the color coded right? recipes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, I think the biggest thing for fly tying is like getting overwhelmed. It's like I think it was I think it was Jeb right from Dave's River Outfitters. Yeah. Big shout out to those guys too. Remember, all month of June, we're still in June. Um, go see Dave's River Outfitters. Uh, Mention the podcast and save 10% on an item purchase. That's pretty awesome. Don't forget to do that if you're in that area. But he said just pick a pattern, right, and tie 100 of them or tie 50 of them. And I probably need to do that. I, I still just, struggle with that. I, I I think I look too much at Instagram or whatever. I see something and I'm like, man, that's cool. I want to learn how to tie that. And then I go down a rabbit hole and, you know, I, I tie two of them and then I don't ever tie them again. And then I want to tie them again. I'm like, oh crap, I got to relearn how to do this. Yeah, I think again. I need to make myself when I learn a new fly, tie like 10 of them before I do something else. Yeah. At least 10 and then maybe later tie another 10 or something. But that would help a lot. But you get like 10, you know, greeny weenies or 10 patch rubber legs and you're like, okay, I need to tie something else. Or yeah. I need to tie some squirmies or I need to tie a elk hair caddis and, oh, let's try this parachute thing again. And, you know, it's, it's like we talked about earlier in this, again. but it's like we talked about earlier. If you just got confidence flies, learn how to tie those that you yeah. know you want to know. Cause I didn't make a commitment to not fish anybody else's flies this year. Yeah, so I can do that and I'm all over it. Yeah, that was you that did that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but still loving it. Still want to keep doing it. I just got to not be, I got to be more intentional to do that. Instead of time practicing. Yeah, for yeah, sure. For absolute sure. I got to tell you though, you you have arrived as a fly tire because in my hand is somebody has gifted you pheasant tail feathers from a bird that they killed 
and okay. that's when you know you've arrived. This when is people a, start coming to you and they're like, "Hey, man, I killed this bird. You want some feathers?" Let's just go ahead and give that's this a shout out know. here. We, I was visiting a brand new dad, a dad of three days, right? I like it. And uh, so he didn't just start listening to the podcast. I need to tell him to because now he's a dad. But there's this. Uh, he's got a mounted pheasant over there that I'd never seen in his house before. I was like, "Oh man, that's cool." But I did. I mean, the pheasant looked cool, but I really just want to know if he had any feathers. Like, that's where I was going straight. I was like, man, did you use all the feathers on that mount, or you got some laying around? He's like, oh, man, I got some more. And he's like, I'll go down and look, see if I got some. I was like, sweet. So, yeah, we got a pretty sweet little pheasant tail. Hey, man, you got a nice little tail. We don't have to buy pheasant tail fibers for a while. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that's awesome. I, I, I have been wanting so to know. Arrived. I have been wanting to know where you get your mop fly material. Like, do you mop, really I just mean, use a mop? I mean, you can buy. I would. I will never buy mop fly material again. Well, the mops are kind of expensive. I looked at one the other day in Ingles. I'm not gonna lie. It's like Dude, lime you green. Can get, you can get that chartreuse colored. It's yeah. like a lime green mop. I'll, I'll find it. I'll send you the yeah. link. You can get it on Amazon for like 15 bucks. Yeah, but mom's been going to these yard sales lately, so I'm just like, hey, hey yeah, yeah, might find a find, dirty, find one. a dirty. Yeah, it might work. Well, but, it's a rug. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Clip it off. Um, but you can get fifteen, like fifteen dollars, and you're setting life material for the more mop flies you'll ever tie in your life. Yeah, I do constantly now. Everywhere I'm, like, wonder what I could. Do you like see stuff sometimes at the store, and you're like, I think I could tie something out of that. <laughs> yeah, I do. I also wonder if somebody else that really knows what they're doing could tie something really cool out of it. Yeah, and I think that that's where my mind goes these days. I like it. Uh, I also was. Thinking about just when you get into this, you just begin to think about water. And uh, we, where were we driving the other day? It was like a ditch. And I was like, man, that ditch is bound to have fish in it. It looked pretty. Um, that's just kind of where we are right now in the whole journey of fly fishing. So, I like it. Yeah. But let's talk about our so last portion of the show well, tonight. Yeah, so and then we'll wrap it up. fly tying. And we're going to hopefully get a lot of time behind the vice next week because dad's on the fly. Are going on vacation next week? Yeah, this will drop what tomorrow, and then yeah, this time next week we will we'll be at the we'll cabin that night. Yeah, the cabin, at the house yeah, with our uh, families. We'll we, no, I guess we'll, we'll be uh, we'll stay in North Carolina. We'll be in the high country. Um, so yeah, we're gonna do a little bit of fishing. We're gonna we're gonna take the river out with us because we found a we found a lake found right? a lake with body of water. We hope we can get some kids on like some panfish or something. Uh, that'll be fun. But uh, we spend our vacations really just hanging out with each other, and really, that is the one week of the year we are really, really present with those that are with us. Like we don't really do much. We don't vacation yeah, we, like some people do, and like we don't hit theme parks or we don't. This year is the busiest we're ever going to be on vacation. Yeah, because like, we're doing one day. Because <laughs> one day we're going. Because one day we're going we somewhere. Plan to go somewhere. Um, but yeah, and usually we plan to go fishing one day, and the girls do like a spa day one day. Yeah, but we that's just pretty much it. We just so around each other's company. But this year, we have decided to take our our fly tying material and vices. So we're gonna yeah, we're gonna sit around during the day and time, tie time some, some flies. flies and play some games. And I mean, that is my favorite thing about the way our family vacations. We don't fill it with a bunch of stuff. We actually rest. No, and we I rest on this vacation for sure. And it's like we, I mean, we're almost intentional about our resting too. I mean, we've got the we've got the menu plan for the week already. We are working on the grocery list. Uh, your wife tonight started her packing list already, and it's a week out. 
Yeah, that's and so it's almost like that's mainly be, just so I can get the laundry done during the week while <laughs> she's working because I'm at home right now. But but there's I think, a reason but, behind all of it. But I think you know we are trying to be intentional about the fact that when we get there, we're going to rest, and I think that is so important. And yeah. I think a lot of dads, I think a lot of families out there. I mean, everybody, you know, you do you. You figure out what kind of vacation you like to do. But sometimes in the craziness of the summer, we don't take a lot of time to just be and rest. And yeah, I and think, our kids have a great time with it. They don't do much. I mean, they do they do much for they, them because they, they play. are with you. They just play. They play outside. They play games. They they just play and they're together. And we'll take them to the park. Let them play on the playground. Yeah, just be the four of them together and splash around in creeks and ride bikes and do whatever, build fires and they're loving life, eat s'mores and life is good. It's going to be great. We sit around the fire a lot, but we're not, we're not constantly chasing something. I feel like on vacation. No. Like a lot of times. Be prepared for some, I don't know, maybe some live videos. We might do a little dads on the fly live on the Insta account that week. You never know what might happen. And we're going to do an episode. We're going to record an episode from the cabin. We're going to record an episode. Or, or at least an episode segment from the chat. We're going to go. We're we going to do, do some episodes to see what's going on <laughs> yeah. on vacation. So that'll be fun. Okay. Because, you know, we hadn't started this podcast last year. I think we kind of started throwing the idea around on vacation. We talked about it on vacation. But we like, never. The idea was yeah. being a, uh, tossed weighted around. through, tossed, tossed around a little bit. But yeah. we hadn't done it. So that that's going to be cool to do. And, you know, it's become a part of us now the podcast has and you guys that listen to us we we talk about well, hey what are we going to do to make this episode good or what can we do to make this fun or how are we going to improve this and so it, it's kind of become a part of the conversation all the time now and that that's been really cool and for most of us i mean i think maybe our wives get a little tired of hearing about it sometime but you know it's okay uh i mean there's other things that we could be doing that might not be as wholesome right Exactly. So, so we'll keep it. <laughs> we'll uh, keep it this. Yeah, we'll keep it at this. Time flies and trying to chase fish, trout, and smallmouth, whatever fish we can chase. And we're going to chase some fish next week on vacation. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think we're about to bring this episode to to a wrap. This was kind of just like a catch up on me and you episode. Yeah. I do want to let everybody know we we've got a couple of really cool episodes coming up. Uh. A buddy of ours that has kind of become a, a podcasting friend. We're going to have him on. I uh, don't want to drop that name yet. We'll, we'll surprise you on that one. It'll it'll come out while we're on vacation. And then want to let everybody know that Caleb and I had the awesome opportunity to be on another podcast. Yeah, let's go ahead and throw them out there. And that episode is going to drop in about, uh, let's see, 10, about nine days, about well, it'll be tomorrow's the 13th. So about, so about eight days. And uh, be looking for that. That is on the Fly Fishing Insider Podcast. Yeah, we were thankful that uh, Christian from Fly Fishing Insider Podcast reached out to us, got to talk and a little bit more about our story. If you don't follow them, check him out. He's got a great podcast, the Fly Fishing Insider Podcast. And uh, yeah, we're excited to be on that next week. It's going to be pretty fun. Yeah, it was really awesome to be on the other side getting interviewed. So It's weird, right? I mean, I had fun with it. I kind of <laughs> liked it. But uh, Christian does a great job with that podcast, guys. He does some great tips in there. So go check that out for sure. And then hopefully you'll get to hear us on there before too long. What else we got for everybody? Be looking out for some really cool episodes. Thank you guys enough. If you at all feel that, hey, man, this podcast is really 
help me in my parenting or help me in my fly fishing or hopefully both, uh, please let us know. Uh, give us a rating and review. And also, if you want to support the pod, uh, please reach out to us and we can uh, help you out on a way to do that. Caleb, what else you got, man? That's it, man. Hey, just uh, want to encourage all you dads. Just continue to be intentional, especially in the summer. Try to find time to rest. Try to find time to just be intentional with your kids. Hey, we will not have an episode before Sunday. So happy Father's Day to all the dads that are listening oh, to this yeah, this week. for uh, sure. We need to make sure to say Happy that. Father's Day out there. Go out and be uh, good dads and love on your kids. And, um, you know, if, if there's any kids or wives listening, great gifts for dad for Father's Day. Uh, take him fishing. Just go with him. Get out there on the water with him. Take him fishing. I love it, man. I love it. Well, thank you guys for listening to episode 43 of the Dads on the Fly podcast. And until next time, tight lines. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dads on the Fly. We hope this episode has inspired and encouraged you as a parent or an angler as we wade through the fishing and parenting life on the fly. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Dads on the Fly and shoot us a message as we always love to hear from you. If you are interested in needing Dads on the Fly merchandise, you can find it there as well. Send us a message and we'd be happy to supply you with stickers or t-shirts. If you found this podcast helpful or entertaining, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, tight lines.